All right, welcome to another episode of Cookies and Cream. As always, my name is Raymond. And this is Isaac. And today we're talking about money. Yep, money. Let's do it. So, and this is a question most people uh, have or deal with is money. And it's not like we are financial experts, first off. Yeah. I don't have a degree in how to make money, how to save money. But, of course, living life, uh, you always deal with um, money, I guess. I want to first go off of um, we're both married, how we structured our life before we got married as far as money went. Right. And um, I don't know if you, you could go first and say, what was your thought? Like, how did your parents raise you as far as money went? I guess not lessons, but did they talk to you about money that you can remember? You know, it was kind of uh, in a roundabout way, yes. You know, my dad always prided us on, you know, making good grades and and getting an education and making sure you're set, you set yourself up when you get older and when you start to get married and have kids and stuff like that. I would say my, my parents, they put us on a path to where, you know, you have to get an education, you have to better yourself to make a better life, you know, for yourself. It wasn't necessarily like, hey, this is how you save, this is how you budget. It was more so of like, you guys need to get in education, figure out what you want to do early and pursue it, you know, and do it as fast as you can and as at as best as you can, you know. So mine, my parents more, I guess, focused on that aspect with us, uh, which did help me because, I, you know, since I was little, I wanted to be a firefighter. And, you know, it just stuck with me throughout my whole life. And I, I had a plan. I knew what I needed to do, you know, and um so in that aspect, my parents really dealt with me about, you know, getting good grades, getting an education, knowing what you want to do and doing it. So there wasn't really a point where they told you this is how you save money. So you make $10, you can only spend $8, and then you still have $2 left over to put in your savings and stuff. They they never sat down with you and told you. No, not really. Not, not like that specific, yeah. you know? Like it was like, yeah, you need to save money, you need to... You know, but it wasn't that specific, like, hey, let's sit down and this is how you budget, this is how you do this and that. Like, no, not really. Did um did you ever discuss with your parents what you wanted to do? I know you said you wanted mm-hmm. to be a firefighter. Did you tell, hey, Dad, this is what I'm going to go into? Yeah, like since I was little, since I was like like seven, eight years old. Like, I was, I've always wanted to be a firefighter. So when I was growing up, like, we would have discussions on, okay, I found out, like, I need to take this class. I need to do this academy, I need to do this and that, you know. So we we did have discussions on how I was going to go about my plan and what the plan was from since I was young. Since I was young, we had those discussions, my mom and my dad. Did they ever tell you, like when you were talking to them, did they ever tell you, uh, that's not like a good idea? Did they ever say anything like that or was it always, no, yeah, that's that's a that's a good plan that you're, mm, you you're know, doing? With me, it was always like good. You know, my parents always thought it was a good, that was a good career choice, a great, a good career move. I think like it was just one of those things where I had been saying I wanted to be a firefighter since I was like, like, like I said, six or seven. So it was a thing where they probably thought like, okay, when he gets older, you know, maybe find something else. 
but as I got older, it was still the same thing. So they're, you know, they were like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess this is what you're going to do. Like it's, you've been saying it for 15 years. So, you know, that's what you're going to get into. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's yeah. So, um, I know with my parents, I never wanted to be a firefighter. I never wanted to get into any of that stuff. I didn't know what I wanted to do basically Mm -hmm. until I tore my ACL. I went to rehab, got physical therapy. I don't want to be a physical therapist. Right. I started talking to Julie, and she told me to look into radiology. I remember talking with my parents and stuff, and they were totally into it because it's like the medical field. Yeah. Something that's not going to go away. Seems pretty cool. I I liked it. So when I started going, uh, I tore my ACL my sophomore year. So I had two years to plan um, when I went into college what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So I started looking into it, and I found out, like, that seems pretty cool. I didn't know if I liked it for sure. And then when I started going to school, it was um, one of the things that was available here at EPCC. So I decided, you know, I'm going to try it. I took the intro class to it, and I found out that I really liked it. On My parents never really forced me to do something, I guess. They, like you said, they always said, do something that's going to make good money, that you're going to be happy with. Something right. Because my dad's a mechanic. I would not want to be a mechanic. I I don't say I hate cars, yeah. but I just I don't like working on don't cars. Don't like working. Yeah, me either. So I was like, I didn't. I knew I didn't want to do that. So when I went into uh, my senior year of high school, I knew, okay, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to be a. I'm going to try radiology, see how it goes. I passed the class, got into the program, and then that's when it took off. That's when I knew that was I was in my career. And then from there, I. I don't know how it worked out for you, but I stayed with my um, parents. Uh, the deal was as long as I'm going to college and I am pursuing a career, like one that's going to actually advance my my life, yeah. then I can stay home. I didn't have to pay rent. I didn't pay – the only thing I paid – I don't even, yeah, the only thing I paid was my car. I had to uh, put a payment in for my car, and it was like a 1000 bucks, something cheap. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can use the car, but I didn't have any, I guess – rent yeah that i had to pay i just stayed home while i was going to school uh was that the same for you yeah it was the same for me um as long as i was going to school and as long as i was continuing to pursue my career like my parents didn't have a problem with me staying home and not paying rent i think i paid like i paid like a small bill or something like that like every like whenever i had excess money like extra money i would pay you know and, and give my mom money here and there but while I was going to school, I didn't have to pay any Were, bills, really. Did you have a job while you were going to school? Did you work anywhere? Mm-mm. No, I didn't. Because the way my schooling was set up is that, like, you go to a, like, it's a quote-unquote academy, like, okay. at, at college, but it's full-time. Like, you're going Monday through Friday, uh, I think it's, like, 8 to 5 or something like that. And then all the medical stuff, the classes are very long. I mean, I could have gone part-time in school and then worked a job. But that would have just made everything. So it would have been longer. Yeah, it would have been like I would have. It would have took in like four or five years instead of like a year and a half, two years. Yeah. So my dad was like, you know what? As long as you're in school, as long as you're doing something that pertains to your job and trying to get ahead and get hired, then you can stay home. Yeah. So you, yeah. yeah, you didn't get it. You didn't have to pay anything. Yeah. For me, I had a semester where I was. I guess you have to rank in in June. So mm-hmm. I had a semester where it was I, I was off, so I started working at um, Office Depot. That was okay. the first job that I had. 
So during that time, I wasn't in the program yet. I worked a good three months, and I just saved all that money mm-hmm. in case I had to pay something for school, books, tuition, stuff. Um, right. Um, I think I didn't have to pay anything, but I had that money saved up mm-hmm. um, just in case I needed or like gas money or whatever to go. Right. So that was a big help that I had that that um, money saved up while I was waiting to get into the program, and once I got in. How do you know, like $2,000 just there? Yeah, just saved. Yeah, just saved up. Now, what was your – when you graduated um, the fire academy and you got into being a firefighter, how was your finances then? Were you no debt? Do you have money saved up? Or did you have debt? Did you have stuff that you had to pay? How did did that look out? Yeah, so with me, like like I'm just going to be honest. Like I had debt. I had like very little saved. We I was already married when I finished the fire academy. Okay. Um, Kathy was working. Kathy was working as a speech pathologist at a clinic. Um she had barely started. She was working for like a year. Uh and then I got married. We got married and I was working like 6 months after we got married. That's when I started the academy. And then six months after that, that's when I finished and I officially became a firefighter. So, what was the what was your first uh, job then? I was working at like like call centers. So the way the fire department works is they have an academy like once or twice a year. So at that time, I knew it. I knew one was possibly coming up. Right. So right before me and Kathy got married, there was a class that came up, and so they ranked us. And the ranking, I was ranked like like 64 or something like that. And then the first class they took was like 40-something. I thought I was going to get into that class. Like I was going to get into that class. You know, I was going to finish. We were going to get married. And then I was already going to be a firefighter. But that's not how it worked out. So we got married. In that time, I was working uh, call center work, just, you know, staying busy and stuff. Because I knew there was another class coming up that following April. So we got married in November and that following April, I knew there was another class coming up. So I had already ranked. So there was a there was a decent chance of me getting in. So I went through all the tests again. I passed everything. And I got in in April. And then we finished the academy like in December. Mm-hmm. And then so the middle of December, that's when I officially, like officially became a firefighter. So we were already married like a year and two months or something like that. Okay. So, so. that debt that you said you had, was that a car? Was that furniture? Before you got married, did you have debt already on your own and then it brought it in with Kathy? You know, and like I say debt, but it wasn't really insane amount of money. So like it was. There's two different types of debt, right? So like if you have like a car, right? You don't, that is debt that you owe, but it's like who has $23,000 saved up? Just to go almost Yeah, almost nobody. So that is not considered a, a debt. Yeah, it's when you go out and buy something you don't really need, like, need, like yeah. you go and buy a PlayStation Five or you buy a TV. Um, you, you buy put it on credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put it on furniture and stuff like that. It's when you don't have that money saved saved up that that accumulates debt, right? Right. So your debt was something different, or are you saying it was? Well, like we the, had. Um, I had a small student loan. Uh, she had a small student loan the car and then we had like furniture and then the rest was like i had like small like a small credit card from college or something 
So it wasn't an insane amount of money. It wasn't like I was in like we were in debt like fifteen grand or something. It was less than I think it was less than four grand, you know. Mm-hmm. So but I mean it was still debt, you know. Oh, the car her car was on a lease, so that wasn't like once we were done paying with it, like it wasn't like we still had another ten grand on it. Which I mean you can argue lease versus own but that's different, you know, that's a different whatever topic. But yeah, so our our debt was small, but what happened was when we first started, so Kathy was making decent money, but she's at a clinic, you know, she was working nine to seven. And what they have in the clinics is like one day you might see a kid every hour from nine to seven. The next day you might see two kids, you know, the next day you might see three, you know, one week you might see every single kid, every single hour. And then you're going to make like a, eighteen hundred dollar check oh, so she gets paid by the kid that yeah she, see- she okay. gets paid by the kid that she sees so if she's scheduled to see a kid at two and the kid doesn't come she won't, she get, won't paid get paid for, for that. that okay yeah so her pay was very fluctuated like one day it was like dang you're making like eighteen hundred a check the next time it was like seven hundred you know and then me because i was starting out like i was getting paid i think i was getting like 13 14 an hour at that time through the academy i was making like $900 checks, you know, it was like, at, for, at the time, I didn't care, like, I mean, I was beginning to be a firefighter, and I know, like, I was going to move up and make some more money eventually, like, they always told me that once you get in, you're not going to see real money until you're five, six years in, because you start getting raises, and you start doing all these things, so I had already known, like, I'm not going to be making amazing money until I'm pretty much, like, like a veteran, you know, quote-unquote, like a veteran, so our biggest thing was, like, we both you know, came from homes where, like, you know, we just didn't have a lot of money. Like, it's fine. It's fine to say, um, you know, our family situation is way better now. Uh, like, my dad, he's a teacher. Like he's making a lot of money. Um, uh, my mom doesn't have to work. But when we were growing up, like, it was a struggle, you know. Everything was a struggle. So me and Kathy didn't know, you know, how to budget. We didn't know how to save. We didn't, you know, like a lot of things I did personally, like, I would impulse buy. Okay. Like, I would just, like, you know, just see whatever, and, like, we'd just buy it. Instead of, like, thinking, like, do I need that? Like, yeah. why? Why am I buying this, you know? Like, what are we doing? We went on some vacations. We went on, uh, we went to San Antonio one time, and, like, the majority of it was on credit. Really? Yeah. Okay. And so, like, we just made, like, really simple, like, just not smart mistakes you know yeah i mean we didn't we didn't really like understand like credit and blah blah blah, like all that stuff and and debt you know we were like oh well we're not in that much debt like we'll be fine but then like we you know slowly learned and and through you know guidance from other people seeing other people's lives and and just like reading and researching stuff like we figured it out like i mean by no means we're like on top of the world making a whole bunch of money but we're figuring it out you know so, so that was how we started. You were yeah. So you were saying that you guys um, went on vacation and basically used credit for that. Yeah. Did you guys? Did you find yourself start digging yourself deeper in a hole? Oh yeah, yeah. So we we were slowly just piling debt. Like it was to us, it was it was slow debt. But I mean, you look back in a year. And that, you know, that ten, fifteen dollars, a hundred bucks, you know, yeah, seventy five dollars, it all adds up. You know, so we we would look back and we're like, dang, like 
we accumulated like three thousand dollars of unnecessary just random debt that the whatever you bought is not even it's gone you know yeah so we went through we went through that whole phase and and just just all of that you know would you tell someone that don't do that oh yeah for sure you know that i think the number one thing i would tell somebody um when they're growing up and when they're like maybe about to get married okay is so you're gonna have you're more than likely gonna have two incomes you know okay. because you're if your wife works if your wife works, you're you're going to have two incomes. If she doesn't, then obviously you're just going to have one. But the number one thing I would tell somebody is live off of one income. Budget and, you know, plan your finances to where no matter what, you live off of that one income. You know, and obviously it should be the man's income, you know. Live off of that income. Everything else you make don't even put it towards bills. Like, you're going to tithe, obviously. You're going to save and, and, you know, do what you need to do. But pretend that second income is not even there, you know? And that's what really helped me and Kathy. We came to a realization. We were like, man, like, especially when we had kids. Because Kathy was like, you know, I'm still working, but I'm probably not going to want to work, you know? A little Years later, when she had Landon, she was like, no, I'm done working, you know? And after this pandemic and everything. So she was out of work for like six, eight, like eight months. And everything had to be on my income. And I wish earlier it would have been like that. Because then it would have been like an easy transition. Like, okay, well, you can quit whenever you want. You know, like, I don't care. There was a little bit of growing pains going through that. But that's like my number one thing is if you have two incomes before you get married, just put it in your mind that you only have one income. Yeah, live off of that one income, budget accordingly, and that'll just make things ten times easier. Yeah, so that kind of ties into how me and Marissa worked out. Mm-hmm. Is I graduated already from college as far as being a radiologist when I started a radiology tech when I started when I got married, and by that point Marissa was going to school, so she was going to be a personal trainer on our first. Our first year of marriage, she was going to school and I was working. Right. And we, I mean, she's not making any money. We're losing money, actually, because she's still going to school, so she has to pay mm-hmm. student loans. I, we based our life off of just my income. Right. And, yeah, that helped tremendously because when she graduated, she got a job. She started working. She got clients and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that is extra money that you can put towards anything. You can put yeah. towards savings. You can put towards... I mean, stuff that you do want to get. You, we, when we got married, we had, we got all of our furniture from hand-me-downs, I guess, and mm-hmm. not that they were bad. It wasn't by yeah. by any means was it like anything. Secondhand. Yeah, second. Yeah. But of course, you want to get your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were living in a small apartment, mm-hmm. and so, th- but that was that was just based off my income. That's all we could have afforded with what I was bringing in. Right. And that's how we lived. That's how we started our our relationship. That's how. I would suggest most or almost anybody to go ahead and start off that way. I remember talking to um, George Ponce, and he told me that he told Edith, he was like, look, Edith, you live in this small house two years. Mm-hmm. Just just trust me. We'll live in this tiny little hole-in-the-wall house for two years, save up our money, and then from there – I'll I'll get you into a nice home. Right. He was trying to start off his business. They were barely got married. Yeah. He was trying to barely take off. So he told her, "Look, let's let's start off small, 
and then we'll look at the big things, which really impacted me because it's most people want to, you know what, I want everything new. Mm -hmm. I want my house built. I want everything right now. And you may not be ready for that. I remember talking to Juan Baquera, and he said that when him and Valerie first started, he had like two pairs of jeans, three shirts. They lived with their, uh, I think, with his mom, and and like a like a added on place in their house. Right. And he said they saved, I don't, I forgot how much money they saved, but they lived super simple, and they saved tons of money so they can go ahead and purchase their first home yeah. to save up that money. And so. I would say when I got married, um, I had seven. No, I had more than seven thousand. I had yeah, around probably ten thousand in the bank when I got married. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? To be honest, it helped with the honeymoon. Oh yeah. When we went, we we took our honeymoon in New York, and New York is expensive. Yeah. But we had I had that money saved up, so. We were able to, quite honestly, spend a lot of money yeah. on our honeymoon, and it was Do the best, want. yeah, best vacation we ever took. And so, when you when you go ahead and like save your money when you're financially set, it takes a lot off your back oh, to yeah. know that you have that money saved up um, to spend. Mm-hmm. And and not that it's it's not bad to spend. Some people feel like, oh man, I I can't spend this money because then I'm going to get in trouble or whatever. It's not, but. You have to understand that if you are spending that money, that it's not going to accumulate debt. Yeah. Yeah, you got to spend wisely. And that's that's like a huge thing is like, yeah, you can spend, but can you pay for what you spend? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, can you pay for it now? You know what I'm saying? Because, like, if you spend and you're like, oh, I'll just pay for it next week, like, when I get paid. Like, I'm just going to put it on credit, and then next week I'll just pay the bill. Like, all that, like, you're incurring interest. If you pay it next week, great, but more than likely you're not, you know? And then, like, you, if you do that enough times, that little simple trip you took to Target, you know, you spend 100 bucks. But if you accrue interest, you're paying back 300 bucks or, you know, whatever, whatever the figure is. But that 100 bucks is not the same, you know? Like, it's more that you're paying back. And that's where people get in trouble a lot, you know, myself included. You know, how, I guess, like, how did you, how did you guys start, um, like, when you, when you were, when you came back from your honeymoon, like, everything's, you know, you're getting into the swing of things with your, you know, your new marriage and everything. So, you said Marissa's in school. So, how did you guys, like, what did you guys do? Did you, you know, ride out a budget or how did you do yes. all that? So, Marissa is very... She is good with numbers, mm-hmm. and she she loves to save money. Mm-hmm. So we knew when um, when we got married that she was going to be going to school. So she's going to have to pay some kind of tuition. Uh, we sat down before we got married while we were engaged, and I was we based it off the money that I was making as far as a radiology tech mm-hmm. and how much we could afford. And I remember, I remember that night when we sat there and we budgeted. Okay, this is how much we're going to spend on the car. This is how much we need on rent. This is how much for groceries. This is how much for her violin lessons. And we wrote it all out. And actually, I wasn't making enough money to yeah. pay for everything. Right. And I remember sitting there, and I, I was we're writing out the budget. Not that she was getting upset, but you could tell she was a little down because she was so used to what her parents were making and right, the, right. all the stuff she was and how much I was going to make and how it wasn't enough. 
Yeah. And I remember sitting there as a as I mean, me as a man, I was like, dang it, man, I'm I'm not making enough money to to provide for my wife to what she's used to. Yeah. And it kind of got me upset. I was like, dang it, I need to make more money or whatever. And I remember her sitting there, and her mom, uh, Maribel, was like, look, it's going to be okay. You guys are barely starting off. Don't expect to live your life like you used to. Yeah, You're starting all over again, so you're going to have to let go of some things, or we can help you in certain areas. I know since we wrote it out, I wasn't able to pay her for her violin lessons, so her grandparents decided, oh, we'll help you out with that, so she can go ahead and keep on taking her violin lessons, which, which was a blessing and stuff. But you have to understand... You you're starting a brand new life, and some of the things that you're used to, you can't take that with you. I remember I would spend tons of money on guitar equipment. I would buy amps, guitars, pedals, and that's because I was single. I was making good money by myself. Yeah. And I mean, my grocery bill was basically like hot dogs. Yeah. Um, just something. Hot, hot, yeah. It was. Yeah. It was not anything close to what Marissa spends now, but it was. I was just living a, sing, a single man's life, so yeah. I didn't. I I could spend that money on the other things because I didn't have a grocery list. But when you get married, my wife doesn't care about me, my my guitar stuff. She cares about is she going to provide food. for her family? Is yeah, buy chicken, dude. I was surprised at how how many spices there are out there. She would. Oh my gosh, yeah. uh, it's crazy. How how that money's gonna be distributed after? So when we got married, we already knew we had that list of this is what we're able to spend on on our rent, on our car, right? On our grocery list, on on the bills and stuff like that. The one thing I will say that we did mess up on is Marissa graduated from college, right? Mm-hmm. And she had I think like three thousand dollars in tuition debt. Mm-hmm. As we're always told, at least my parents always told me, debt is not good. Get debt out of the way as fast as you can. You don't yeah. want to be in debt. So we had the $4,000, and we paid it all off. Like, mm-hmm. all at once, we just put it all in, and it was paid for, which is a mistake. Yeah. Because credit does not work that way. Credit is 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 weird. Credit, I don't know, whoever created credit yeah. and how it works. Sometimes they, it makes no sense. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. What we should have done is we had that money, saved that money, and paid off her tuition little by little. Mm-hmm. Pay $100 every month or whatever so that you build the credit. Mm-hmm. Not Because we didn't build any of her credit. It was we paid it all off at once, and that doesn't help your credit at all. Yeah, it and, almost hurts your yeah, credit like, because like, weirdly. It, exactly. It seems it should be like, oh, you paid off your debt, so here's here's some points or yeah. whatever. No, it's not like yeah. that. You, you have to accumulate that debt, I guess, and... And show a track record that you're on time on on each payment to be able to build your credit. And that was one mistake we we did. um, So what we had to do, we had to buy some kind of like uh, Hyla vacuum Mm -hmm. that was like $2,000. And we paid that slowly in increments so that we could build her credit Yeah. so that you can go ahead. And the whole reason why you want a good credit is so that people can see that you're faithful and your bills, yeah, and they will give. So you're able to buy bigger things on a lesser payment. So yeah. a car, you have good credit, you could buy more car and have a lesser payment. Less payment yeah. yeah, or if you want to get a house, you can get a house that's technically worth more and have the payment less because you do have good credit. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's like credit is like I didn't understand credit when I was growing up. Like I just was like, oh, okay, like you pay like pay here and there and your credit score goes up. Like yeah. I was like, whatever, okay. You don't understand how necessary credit is. Like one of the things that I, that me and Kathy started doing is I got a small credit card. I think my limit is like 500 bucks. And I put one bill on it. And then, no, I put like two. That amounted to like 35 bucks. And then just every month I pay it off. Yeah. Like every month I have a zero balance. I pay it off, you know, immediately. And I don't carry any balance. And once I started doing that, like I saw my credits, like my credit started going up. You know, just making small things, you know, doing things like that helps your credit, you know? When you purchase small items or try to, and it shows on your credit score or on your credit card, and you build your credit score, that's probably, like, one of the easiest ways is to build your credit. Yeah. They just want to make sure that you're able to um, make those those payments. Yeah. But, again, you got to watch out with that. Yeah. It's very, very easy to just overspend yeah, on exactly. a credit card and say, I'm going to pay it off next month. Yeah. And the, the good thing that I'm blessed with is that Marissa is very cognizant of that. She, she knows – where we can spend and where, where we can spend money and where we can't spend money, what, yeah. we, what we're able to afford and stuff like that. And she controls more of the financial um, part of it. I I have like a general idea yeah. of what we can spend and can't spend, but she is more of the person that she likes to know the to the cent and, and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm not like that. And I'm not going to be – overbearing in that aspect she's yeah. good at it she mm-hmm. understands it and she likes to do that so i let i just you know what if you want to do that go ahead yeah i don't have to understand every single cent every single dollar where it's going just as long as i know that i'm not spending more money than i am making and i'm okay with that yeah yeah and for me it was the opposite like we i'm i'm the one like i'm the super organized with the money and all that Kathy, she tried it once, and she just got overwhelmed. And she was like, yeah, like, you do it. You know, whether you're the man or the woman, whoever is good at it and wants to do it, like, let them do it. Like, if, if your wife wants to do it and she's good at it, she n- understands the numbers and everything, like, like just let her do it. You know, you both come to an understanding of, like, okay, this is what we need to spend. This is what we need to do. But if she's the better one in terms of numbers, in terms of, like, okay, we need to save this. We can cut back here. Like, then let her do it. Like, I don't see a problem with that at all. Like, it's just you play to your strengths, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't have to be over – you don't have to be overbearing as far as a guy. Yeah. And as a girl, you don't have to feel intimidated to feel like, oh, maybe he should control the finances. Yeah, no. So, yeah, those are the things – for me, this is the the key points is before you get married, if you can, have money saved up. Really help me and my wife, Mm -hmm. especially when we – went on our honeymoon we had money saved i would also say before you get married if you can if someone's already working and stuff which someone should usually the man or the woman in some cases is go over the budget what you can afford and can't afford before you get married to understand what your lifestyle is going to be because Mm -hmm. if we never if me and marissa would never done that we would have expected something that we would have not met yeah exactly because we think oh man like I have a good job or whatever, but still mm-hmm. it's not going to meet the needs of everything we have. So you get a realization of how it's going to be beforehand. You're like, oh, man, okay, so you actually now know these are the things that I need to uh, 
prioritize and take out. Yeah. And then yeah. from then is start building your credit, mm-hmm. getting at least one credit card, paying on it monthly payments, and a building that um, credit so that when you do get to the big pur- purchases of a of a brand new car, or a house, or you're trying to um, get anything really big furniture that you do have that credit so you can have lesser payments. Those yeah. Are, those are the things that I would get out of. I don't know. Yeah. And, yeah, like for me, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter if you come from like a wealthy family or a not wealthy family. You're going to control your finances once you get married, once you, you know, start growing up. You are going to control it in the fact that you have to make decisions now. Like when you're older, you have to make decisions. And, you know, if you feel like you don't understand finances, ask people. Ask people that are, you know, wealthy, well off. Ask people that, um, you know, own businesses, just, you know, like, how do you do this? What is this? What's, you know, what what should I do here? Like, how do you budget? Ask people. Read books. Uh, I remember I read uh, Dave Ramsey's book, The Total Money Makeover. Um, I've read uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Like, just read books. Look for information. Look for research. Um, I guess my third point is if you have two incomes, pretend you only have one. Like, that will help you so much because if you live on that one income, that second income is all, you know, money that doesn't need to go anywhere. You can save it. You can, uh, you if it's a substantial income, you could save thousands of dollars easily as long as you're focusing on, okay, I only have one income instead of like, oh, my wife's working. Like, let's just put, you pay the rent, I'll pay all the other bills. You know, like just one income, you know, tailor your life to that one income. And then that second income is all extra. You yeah, know? and that second income will help because in oh, life, yeah. once you get married, you have kids. Yeah. You have medical bills. Yep. You have tons of stuff. And that money's oh, it, it helps quite a bit when you're finding like, all right, we got some money we can go ahead and yeah. use. Well, and that's another thing. Things. That's another thing because like, yeah, your wife may be working, but if you have kids, like it can turn. She can say, I want to work to the day I die. As soon as she sees those kids, she's going to be like, nope, I'm staying home. Yeah. You know, I'm staying home with my kids. Like a lot of times it switches. So if you're depending on her income and then she's like, hey, I'm staying home. Like then what are you going to do? You know, you if you stay on one income, you guard yourself. If your wife is like, hey, I want to stay home. Like if your wife wants to work, I guess you guys can figure that out. Like you figure it out, you know, however you want to figure it out. But if she says like, I'm staying home, then you have to figure something out. So stay on one income. Build your credit, you know, don't try and keep up with the Joneses, you know, you don't need fancy, you know, cars, BMW, you know, if you're making money, if you're making really, really good money, you know, you can buy, if you can responsibly buy that new car, if you can responsibly buy, you know, go on vacation, like fine, you know, that's fine. But if you're not making that money, don't do it. You don't need it. You know, don't overburden yourself for something you want. You know, wait until you make good money, wait until you save up enough, and then go buy that shiny new toy or whatever, you know? I mean, obviously, you know, this, everything we talk about, you give your tithe. Like, obviously, give yeah. your tithe, offering besides, you know, that's that's number one. Um, and then, obviously, you know, me and Raymond, we're not financial wizards, we're not financial experts. Um, you know, maybe one day we'll have, you know, someone that's have more experience, yeah. you know, on here, you know, and help us go through all this. But 
I guess those are just some of the things we've learned, yeah, you know, through, personally. Through yeah, and again, one thing we did not touch on is tithing and giving. Yeah. That is a must. Yeah. That, that's one thing we don't have time to get into, but yeah, tithing and giving is another big thing. Um, that is all the time we have for today. Again, thank you for listening to Cookies and Cream. This was topic was brought up by Joel, actually, so I'm going to give a shout out to him mm-hmm. as our chief product manager, I think he yeah. said he was, that he that he had a question how we uh, approached money before we got married or while we're getting married and now. So um, if you do have um, any suggestions, you could ask or talk to me or Isaac about topics. Um, again, thank you for listening to Cookies and Cream. We are on Spotify, uh, Apple. Um, so you guys can go ahead and like, subscribe. And again, my Tell name is Raymond. My name is Isaac. And we will catch you on the next episode.